0: Hi and welcome to St Ninian's Sermons Podcast. My name's Stuart, I'm the Minister at St Ninian's in Stonehouse, which is in Scotland. We are a local ecumenical partnership between the Church of Scotland and the United Reformed Church and that means we reflect both traditions in our work and worship. So let's listen to our reading for this week and then get on to the sermon. This morning Cameron's going to read for us from Exodus And then from the Gospel of Matthew.
1: Today's first reading is from Exodus chapter 24, verses 12 to 18. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to the mountain to me, and while you are here, I will give you two stone tablets which contain all the laws that I have written for the instruction of the people. Moses and his helper Joshua got ready, and Moses began to go up the holy mountain. Moses said to the leaders, "'Wait here in the camp for us until we come back. Aaron and Hart are here with you, and so whoever has a dispute to settle can go to them.' Moses went up Mount Sinai, and a cloud covered it. The dazzling light of the Lord's presence came down on the mountain." To the Israelites, the light looked like a fire burning atop of the mountain. The cloud covered the mountain for six days, and on the seventh day the Lord called to Moses from the cloud. Moses went on up the mountain unto the cloud. There he stayed for forty days and nights. Today's second reading is from Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 to 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and the brothers, James and John, and led them up to a high mountain where they were alone. As they looked on, a change came over Jesus. His face was shining like the sun, and his clothes were dazzling white. Then the three disciples saw Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. So Peter spoke up and said to Jesus, Lord, how good is it that we are here? If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was talking, a shining cloud came over them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my own dear Son, with whom I am pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard the voice, they were so terrified that they threw themselves face downwards on the ground. Jesus came to them and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. So they looked up and saw no one was there but Jesus. As they came down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Don't tell anybody about this vision until you have seen that the Son of Man has been raised from the death.
0: This is my Son. Listen to him. Get up and don't be afraid. Epiphany is a season of realization and revelation It starts with the visit of the wise men He realized that the new king announced by the star is a very different kind of king from the one that they were expecting Next came the flight to Egypt And our realization that Jesus was a refugee Forced to flee from a tyrannical ruler who would rather kill a village full of children than have anyone challenge his rule Jesus wasn't what Herod was expecting. At Jesus' baptism, John, sees the, John the messenger comes face to face with the one he's been announcing to the people. And after his baptism, the sky opens and a voice from heaven says, This is my son, with whom I'm pleased. And that's definitely not what John was expecting. And then over the past three weeks, we've spent time with Jesus on a mountain. As he teaches his disciples and what's become known as the Sermon on the Mount. And during that teaching, Jesus reveals the true nature of the kingdom of God. He reveals his mission. And it's not at all what the people were expecting. So this unexpected Saviour revealed by these moments where people saw who he really was. But before we look at Matthew's account of what becomes known as the transfiguration of Jesus, let's go back to our first reading, to Exodus, because this kind of thing has happened before. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me in the mountain and wait there, and I will give you tablets of stone with the law and the commandments, which I've written for the people's instruction. We've been taken all the way back to the moment where the commandments are given, back to a foundational moment for the people of Israel, back to that moment there on the mountain where God appears to Moses and gives him the law. And Moses had taken his disciple, a man called Joshua, the man who would eventually lead the people across the Jordan into the promised land, and together they wait on the mountain. And for six days, the glory of God covered the mountain. And on the seventh day, God speaks. And Moses listens. He hears God and he obeys his commands. And then Moses spent 40 days and nights on the mountain with God. And when he came down, his face was shining. And the people were so afraid of him, they made him cover his face with a veil. One of the things we've discovered about Matthew's gospel is the idea that Jesus is the new Moses. It's hugely important to Matthew. Matthew. At the start of Jesus' ministry, we see him back on the Jordan, at the edge of the wilderness, the very place where Joshua led the people into the promised land. At the start of his ministry, Jesus takes his followers and some of the people that he's healed up the mountain. And he teaches them, just as God taught Moses. The Sermon on the Mount explains the very commandments that Moses was given. And brought down to the people. For Matthew, then, this moment where, towards the end of the story, we see Jesus take a few of his own disciples up the mountain is one of the most important points. The season of Epiphany ends today, the season of Lent starts next week. And this story of the Transfiguration is the bridge between those two times where we discover exactly who Jesus is. We've already found out some of that through his teaching and his actions, but we end up on a mountain with Jesus shining, full of glory and light and wonder. And then begins the season of Lent, where we journey with Jesus towards a very different hill, with a very different outcome, and an ending full of darkness and despair. So as we stand on this first mountain with the disciples today, we, unlike the disciples, know the end of the story. We've heard it all before. We've been down this road before. And I wonder, does that take the shine off of the glory of Jesus? Perhaps we see it as something from a very long time ago and a very different kind of time. Perhaps because we weren't the ones who were there, the ones that experienced it, we don't really understand. We certainly don't feel the same way as those three disciples did. And perhaps, perhaps we don't even believe it happened. Perhaps it's just a story to tell us something. And of all the stories about Jesus, this is definitely one of the strangest. But to Matthew's audience, to the Jewish community, the Jewish believers. This story is absolutely essential. Jesus transformed meeting the two men who did not die, but instead were taken up to God. Moses, the giver of the law, and Elijah, the greatest of all the prophets. And the three of them together on the mountain is like a massive neon arrow pointing to Jesus saying, it's him. He's the one. And if you don't get all the signs, then you get God telling you that this is what's going on. This is my son. Listen to him. Get up. Don't be afraid. It almost doesn't need the voice of God, does it? But for the second time in the gospel, God speaks. And he says exactly the same thing we heard at Jesus' baptism. With a little bit extra. This is my son, the beloved. With him I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Remember when we spoke about that voice at Jesus' baptism, it wasn't very clear who heard it. Whether it was only Jesus who heard God speak or whether others heard it too. Well, this time, the disciples definitely hear it and they're terrified. And that makes me laugh just a little bit. Because there they are on the mountain. Jesus is transfigured. He's all shining and floating, and Moses and Elijah are there. And it's not until God speaks that they're terrified. Peter's response is to make some tents, make shelters, to be hospitable, to look after the guests. In Mark's version, Peter gets a row. What a stupid thing to say, says Jesus. But not in Matthew's version. Making shelters is appropriate in the wilderness. It's hospitable. It's what you do when you have guests. Remember in Exodus, the people made a tabernacle, a tent, a tent where they met God. That's what Peter is suggesting. To build something that marks the moment. And to do that gives some kind of permanence to it, doesn't it? permanence to something that's just a fleeting experience i wonder do we mark those moments those places where we have encountered god perhaps we do it individually but i'm not sure we do it together do we take time to look back at our story and recognize the times that god spoke to us and to think about what that was like was it a one-time thing Or was it a series of things? Was it a word here and there? An idea? The same thing that someone else thought and two people get together and have a conversation and recognize the same idea in each other? How does it work? How does God communicate with us? And how do we know that it's God that's doing it? The disciples have seen enough weird stuff by now to know that this isn't just another thing. But it's not until God speaks that they think something scary is going on. This is my son, with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Jesus is the authoritative teacher of the law. We heard that in the Sermon on the Mount. Listening, though, is more than simply hearing what's said. It's about living out what's taught. And living that out leads us towards righteousness. And righteousness brings about the kingdom of heaven. In this moment, in this moment on a mountain, Jesus' identity is confirmed. Any doubt is taken away, at least for Peter and James and John. And as we step out onto the road of Lent towards the cross, we now know exactly what they knew that Jesus is the one, the Messiah, the Son of God. But the difference for us is that we know all of it. We can read this in the light of what happens next. They didn't have that luxury. They didn't know what was about to take place. They had to live through the darkness, keeping this epiphany to themselves, because it wouldn't really make sense until Easter Day, until Jesus is once again transformed Revealed to the world as the Son of God. The resurrection is always present with us. Even in the darkest days of Lent. Even as we stumble through Holy Week. Because we have the benefit of hindsight. We know the whole story. And if you don't, go home and read the whole of Matthew's Gospel. We don't have to wait to find out what happens next. We don't have to wait to find out what God is about to do. This is my son. Listen to him. Get up and don't be afraid. <laughs> Get up. Get up and don't be afraid. Sorry, right, It was just God. Get up. Don't be scared. See, the thing is, when people met God, they died. That's why they're scared. It's not a normal thing. Moses is the only survivor. It's easier said than done when you've been confronted by something incredible, isn't it? Get up and don't be afraid. But when we encounter God, our fear should be taken away. The whole point of Jesus is to show us that God is with us. In the passage that we read from Exodus, the people who are left down the mountain are absolutely terrified because it looks like cloud and fire on the mountain. And Moses spends 40 days there and walks out of it. Who is this guy? How could anybody survive that? It's not until God is presented to us in human skin that we can wrap our heads around just how much God loves us, that we can understand that there's nothing to fear. We are changed through our encounters with God. We're renewed and restored and forgiven. This is my son. Listen to him. Get up and don't be afraid. Matthew's gospel is all about discipleship. An active life embodying the teachings of Jesus. This revelation on the mountain isn't a little epiphany. This is revelation on a grand scale. It foreshadows Easter. But what will it take for us to recognize the presence of God here and now? Some unexpected epiphanies? A still small voice? Fire and cloud? Perhaps a resurrection? And then, what will we do when we realize? What will we do when we're faced with God? What will we do when we hear those words, listen to Him? Because this is my Son. Get up. And don't be afraid. It's so easy to be afraid. It's so easy to retreat and look inward and to live in fear and concern, to be nervous, to keep what we've got instead of looking out. But that's not what Jesus asks us to do, is it? Jesus asks us to live the commands, to live into righteousness. To live into the kingdom of God. Those words for the disciples are words for us today. This is my son. Listen to him. Get up. And don't be afraid. Amen. thanks for listening if you have any comments questions or thoughts about this week's sermon then please do get in touch we create this podcast at anchor.fm where you can leave us a voice message you can also find us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram we post the audio of the whole service each week on our website there are details of all of this in the show notes if you're in the neighbourhood and want to join us in person we meet for worship every Sunday at 11am we'd love to see you